Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg. So excited to have you here with us this afternoon along with our special guest, Dev Mantel of Dev Mantel Design. And uh, during the next hour, we're going to be talking about beautiful, effective websites for women. And this is such a great topic because everybody needs a website nowadays. So uh, during this hour, you're going to grab some kind of a notepad because uh, Deb's going to be sharing the top five reasons why it's critical to have a website for your business or ministry, how to design focused goals for your website, four crucial resources to consider when choosing your website building method, absolute must-haves for your website, and what not to include. Also, how to design effective calls to action, three anticipated benefits of a great-looking website. Content is still king, so the importance of wowing with your words, and also the number one thing to avoid so you can move fast forward. Our guest today is Deb Vantel. She is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com, and she's been speaking to women for almost 20 years. She is also a singer-songwriter worship leader with two CDs a professional organizer, and a website designer for creative women, which is just the perfect combination. A lot of women have great business and ministry ideas, but they are overwhelmed with how to get a website so that they can have a solid online presence. Deb walks us through the process and helps to create websites that are both beautiful and effective. Her website is debmantelldesign.com. Welcome to you, Deb. Thanks, Marnie. It's really good to be here. I've been listening to you for a while, so nice to finally meet you via the phone. <laughs> right, right. And I know because I know about your ministry for a while through womenspeakers.com too, but it's good to get this time to spend together and to talk about this great uh, topic. And I love it that you have combined um, speaking, worship, leading, organization, and website design. That's such a cool niche. I just, I just love that so much. And you actually, um, with your music, you know, that that is everybody who has music had to have a website even before speakers did, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was my first yeah. website when I started my music business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've been, you've been kind of at this from a di- couple different angles. And maybe just share with us some of the reasons why it's just so important to have a website now. Well, I think for a lot of people, there are so many social media avenues that they think, well, you know, I'm on Pinterest or I'm on Instagram or I'm on Facebook. And I believe, and many do believe, that your website is your home address. Everything Mm -hmm. else should be leading you back to your website. So that should really be your hub because you have so much more flexibility and ownership with your website. So... The first reason that I'm going to discuss is 
convenient reach, and I kind of put these all with C words, convenient reach. There's more than 2.4 billion people using the Internet every day, and it's very convenient for them to go online and look at a business or do research, and they expect a website these days. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit weird if someone doesn't have a website, and so it's not as hard or as expensive as it used to be to create a website, and they offer such a good return on your investment more than any other form of advertising, and it's a tax write-off. So you're providing convenience for your visitors and for potential customers or clients. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. A second reason is credibility, and this is huge. 81% of people research a business or service on the Internet before they make a purchase decision. And yet there was a survey that found that 46% of business owners listed business currently doesn't need one as their number one reason for not having a website. So there's clearly <laughs> wow. a disconnect there in terms of what people are, are wanting in, in order to research a business or a service or a ministry. And so – People really feel like a business is more solid if it has a website. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, would I just hire someone if I didn't have a personal recommendation? Would I hire someone to do a service on my home, for instance, if they didn't have some type of, of home base that was really solid for me? And usually that's a website. So that's another reason. 56% um, of people stated that they won't trust a business without a website. And I know that there's, you know, it varies if you're, if you're doing a certain type of ministry and you're getting recommendations. I know that varies. I'm a speaker. And, um, but it does provide a lot of credibility for people who don't know you. Yeah, it's interesting so that so many business owners thought, oh, I don't need one. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they, they just assume, well, I've got a Facebook page. Um, I just met a neighbor in our, our neighborhood and just moved in about a week ago, and she has a cottage industry baking. And she has a Facebook page, so, of course, I went on to look at it. Um, but she's not able to she's not able to sell anything on her Facebook page. She doesn't have the yeah. same type of she can't really build a brand on her Facebook page. And so um she's realizing, yeah, I really to grow my business, I need a website. Right. And there's that aspect and maybe we're going to talk about this too later, but that aspect of ownership too. I mean, we all know that MySpace is basically no longer. And so if mm -hmm. you grew your big you know, your big business page there, Sorry, it's gone. And whereas having your own website, it really does still belong to you. What's number three? Number three, communication. For me, I'm a communication major from the University of Michigan. And, of course, as a speaker, I'm, I'm communicating all the time. With your website, your communication can be ongoing because it's always open. You might not be answering the phone 24-7, but your website is hmm. up and available for someone to visit. Um, you can have regular communication via a blog, updates on your site, a newsletter. So you have regular communication as well. It also saves you time because you can communicate with potential clients in ways that you, you don't need to have a separate phone call or lots of emails. So you can have answers to common questions on your website and 
for example, as a speaker, you could have a page that's for event planners so that they can go there and see some key pieces of information, and they will already know that. They don't need to call and discuss that with you. So it can save time, and it helps develop relationships because, of course, that's what communication does. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What's number four? Clarifies your goals. And mm-hmm. I, I thought about this one because writing clear and concise and compelling content is very challenging. And content is still king. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, so it forces you to think about what you do and why you do it and what your goals are. Um, otherwise, you can just start throwing things on your website without any clear roadmap for what you want your visitors to do or where you want to lead them or what you're wanting to communicate. So it's very important that you know what your goals are because all of the design should support your goals. And so those have to be determined up front. Right. And I, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I really like um, having to write a book proposal before you write the book is because mm-hmm. you have to get so clear about what you're doing. You know, you can't just right. um, sit down and start writing. You have to really know where you're going. And it's the same with web design. And that's a huge mistake people make uh, to a starting web design before they know where they're going. And that's a very costly mistake. <laughs> okay, what is the fifth, um, the fifth reason why it's so important to have a website? Well, it creates and cements your brand. And by brand, um, you probably know what I'm referring to, but kind of those different elements that communicate who you are, and they can be everything from the tone of voice that you communicate with to colors and fonts and, um, you know, the types of the, the layout of your website, your logo, all of those things, your tagline, they can create a brand for you, which then, of course, you want to use in other places, such as your social media, your Facebook cover and Instagram, your business cards. Um, one of the things I noticed in just meeting with the new neighbor was um, she had a Facebook page. She had a number of social media accounts, but they all had different profile pictures. They all had a different style, really. And then her business card was yet a completely different style with different colors, and um, mm. she didn't have a logo. So it was very um, it was very scattered. It wasn't something that you could recognize and say, oh, I know that business. That's such and such. So we really want to be able to have that consistency in our brand so people recognize us and, and they see that everywhere that they go. Hmm. Yeah, that's so important. And, you know, the fourth one was clarifying your goals. And when you're thinking about, you know, starting a website design, how do you actually get focused about that? Well, um, and, and just to make a little note, the goals will determine your content as well as your calls to action. So it really is so key to do that. Um, you want to ask yourself things like, what am I trying to do or accomplish? What are the end results I'm hoping for? Because as Stephen Covey says, um, you must begin with the end in mind. And so you want to make sure that everything that you're doing on your website is focused on your top one, two, three goals, let's say. You don't want to have too many because you, you really do want to streamline things. 
Um, you might be starting a website because you want to educate or inform, so you want to demonstrate your authority on a topic. Um, maybe you want to sell a product or a service or a course, or you want to grow your email list or increase subscribers to your blog or podcast or a YouTube channel. So based on what your top goals are, you will then kind of um, design both the design elements, the pages, the navigation, the content, everything will be designed to help you reach those goals so that you're not just kind of wasting your time and other people's time. So you want to know what you're trying to do or accomplish, and you want to know your why. Why do you want to accomplish the above? That's largely just to help us keep going and, and to remind us of what's most important to us. And it doesn't have to be self-sacrificing. It can be that you want or need to generate income or that you want to provide a service or you want to grow a platform so you can write a book um, or maybe you just enjoy what you do. I mean, there can be different whys for what you're doing, but it's helpful to connect with those as well so that when you are feeling discouraged or a little overwhelmed, as we all do at times, you'll remember why you're doing what you're doing. Oh, I love that. Then always the piece about the, you know, what's in it for the user. <laughs> so you got to coordinate that too as you're thinking about the layout. When I arrive, I, exactly. one of my mentors one of my mentors always says, you know, don't make me think. That's her motto, you know, over and over. Don't make me think, Marty. Don't make me think, Marty. When I get there, what am I supposed to do? What am I? <laughs> so yeah. all of those you things know, are. Yeah, I was going to say the thinking part. I, Whenever I'm doing an organizing um, seminar, I will tell people that organizing is 70% thinking. And that's what trips people up because thinking is mm -hmm. hard. But if, if people, so this is just kind of a parallel example, but if people decide to get organized and they just head out to Target and start, start buying cute little organizing products and bring them home, they're not going to be any closer to getting organized because they first mm -hmm. have to think through what their end goals are. So it's a similar type of thing. The thinking mm -hmm. can often be the thing that causes us to procrastinate because it's just, it's hard. Thinking is hard work. Absolutely. And as a as a website host, you want to do that work for the people who are visiting your site so they can relax and come into your living room and enjoy your space there online and go ahead and do whatever it was that you were trying to accomplish with them there by building your site. We're going to take a little break, come back and talk about four crucial resources to consider when choosing your website building method. We'll be right back. next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range, some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast fun and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. 
Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you are joining us for Beautiful, Effective Websites for Women with our guest today, Deb Mantel. Deb's a speaker and a worship leader, singer, songwriter, as well as a professional organizer and a website designer. Her website is debmanteldesign.com. Welcome back, Deb. We're going to talk next about the four crucial resources to consider when choosing your website building method. And before we launch into this, I just have to say how much I love what's available now. I mean, compared to, mm-hmm. like, I built my first site. I was, I was on the cutting edge of all this in 1996. My first book came out, and I had to make a little site for that, and I had to build it myself, and there was nothing. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> so Right, now, it's come a long way. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's sites that help you. It's, you know, so much available out there. So let's go through the mm-hmm. four crucial resources to keep in mind. Okay, and I like to kind of help people focus on these four things because most women who contact me about designing a website for their ministry or business, they're already experiencing overwhelm or analysis paralysis. They're overwhelmed by all of the options, and they're not really sure what they're after and how to get it. And so I try to encourage them to consider in terms of choosing their website building method to consider money, time, tech skills, and design skills. Those are four resources that are really factors in how you go about getting a website for your business. So I will ask them to ask themselves questions like, what is my realistic budget for a website? So that relates to the money, both for the initial design and setup costs, which are one time, but then there's also ongoing and regular costs for hosting, if that's involved. So there's monthly and or annual fees as well. And then there's some costs for a domain name, professional email if you want that, um, depending on what your platform is, if you need updates or fixes or someone to be an administrator for your website. So that's the first question is what is my realistic budget for a website? And I think because some people have no idea how much a website should cost, they don't really have a good idea of what their budget is. So sometimes they might have a really unrealistic number, and then they realize, okay, this needs to be an investment. I'm going to need to stretch this a little bit. So um, that's the first question, dealing with money. And then they would need to ask themselves, how do I want to manage my website? Do I want to do the work of updating and maintaining my website? Or do I want someone else to do that, a designer or a developer? So being able to maintain and update the site yourself, of course, will give you full control and save you a lot of money. So you might need a professional here and there to do some work for you, but you won't be dependent on someone for every little thing that you need for your website. My very first website was like that. I didn't design it, and I had no idea anything about websites. So anytime I needed a change, I had to call someone and ask them to make this little change on my website. Then I would ask them. Let me just just, uh, jump in here too a little bit because Mm -hmm. money is, um, I was just having this conversation with my oldest son is doing a startup right now that's going great and it's very tech uh, oriented. And he said, he said, it's, there's so much money now 
when it used to be that you could pretty much set up a website almost for free. Um, and you still can. Uh, there are ways that, to do that. Um, but more typically, there's some money involved in it, especially if you have anything at all creative or unique. And I just wanted to throw in a, uh, so for example, mm-hmm. womenspeakers.com, for years, <laughs> for like 15 years, we had to mm-hmm. hire a programming team to build it from scratch. And the mm-hmm. sites ranged anywhere from 10000 to $40,000 to build mm-hmm. because of the formatting that we needed. And now yeah. um, here we are a little farther down the road in internet and, and, and programming. And there's many plug and play things that can come in and really save us a lot of money on that side of things. But mm-hmm. when you're starting, like you said, you know, a lot of people just have an, un- I, and, and actually I've had guests on the show who say it doesn't cost any money to put up a website. And I think, mm-hmm. right, if you're just mm-hmm. going to put up a blog, yes, you can actually go to WordPress and get a free blog. Um, that's mm-hmm. true. But if you're going to try to maximize it, if you're going to try to personalize it in any way or sell products, um, different things like that, you're, you're just going to have to look at it as a business investment. And it's going to be a super low um, entry bar compared to buying a brick and mortar uh, business, but at the same time, oh, it right. is a business investment. It has to just be considered. So I love that. I love that you're bringing that up right away here. I always kind of cringe when people get on here and say it's free to put up a website, and I think, well, mm-hmm. you know, that's true as long as you don't need anything special. But I know for us, it hasn't been free. It's been very costly and totally worth it, but very costly. Mm-hmm. And usually, you can tell if a website is a free website. Um, there's just a completely different level of, uh, you yeah. know, of design. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. There are some inexpensive ways to, to just get something up there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. if you, depending on the types of things that you want to do, for instance, if you want to sell products, you can't do that on most free platforms. So you need to look at what you are wanting to do. It's kind of like a house. With a house, you've got a structure, and then you've got design. And so you need to start by thinking, what are the types of things that I really need to do with my website? Because those are things that are going to need to be built into the platform, because if they aren't, you know, all the paint in the world isn't going to allow you to do them. So you need to decide you know, if you mm-hmm. need to invest to do that. And, and ask yourself, what are the features I need right now and what features might I need later? Um, I try to encourage women, they don't need to spend a fortune or to have every bell and whistle. What they need is a beautiful and effective website that represents well their personality, their product and or service, um, mm-hmm. and that meets is able to meet the, the goals that they have. And so another question that they need to ask is, do I want to deal with the administrative tasks of owning a website? Um, So there's different questions to ask to help you think through where you are with those four resources. So based on whether you have a lot or a little of money, time, tech skills, or design skills, Certain options um, are going to be more reasonable for you, and certain options are going to completely stress you out. And, you know, there's more important things for us creative women to be doing than be stressing out about 
trying to learn something that really isn't in our wheelhouse. Um, so I like to encourage women to let someone else do that if they need to so that it can be a done deal. That's one of the things I say right on my first page is, wouldn't it be great to have your website be a done deal instead yeah. of thinking about it and and just kind of researching for months and months, and then you're not doing the thing that you feel called to do. So I like to encourage them, let's just let's just take care of this and get it out of the way <laughs> so you can do your thing. Um, well, you know, and it is so, there's, there's so many, so many aspects and angles to it. I just recently started using a uh, photo editing uh, program called Canva. Um, Canva. Oh, I love Canva. And, one of the things I really love about it is that they have their they have their section of text um, sets. So they've already put mm-hmm. together three font styles, font faces that work well together. And you can just drag mm-hmm. them over and then you can move them around from there. But, you know, all of these little details, you don't, well, before you build a website, you don't think about anything like that. But like you right. said, it can actually suck the life out of you for weeks or months if you have to be mm-hmm. doing this yourself and if you can afford to uh, bring someone in uh, to do that, that's, that's just so wonderful to be able to do. Well, Deb, on these four resources, mm-hmm. was that kind of what you wanted to share there or did you have more to do more to talk about on that one? Um, I think I was just going to share a little bit about, um, you know, when I first, when I was ready for a website after this, initial one that someone built for me, I did a lot of research, and at times I was overwhelmed, and I did try some different um, avenues. At first, I tried to learn WordPress because it seemed like everybody was using Mm -hmm. WordPress, and that didn't go well at all. It was way too complicated for me, and the amount of time I was putting into trying to learn the platform was just stressing me out, and I'm the type of person that likes to learn things and, and just thinks, well, I'll just master everything myself. And I realized, you know, that wasn't going to happen. And so next I learned, looked into hiring someone to design a WordPress site for me, but that was out of my budget. And um, I also realized I'd be pretty dependent on that professional mm-hmm. to maintain my site and fix problems and do updates, updates, and I knew that I wanted more control. Then I hired a company to build a website on their platform, and it was more affordable than WordPress, but they couldn't get a good feel for what I was after, and I felt guilty about not liking their designs, and it, the designs just didn't look as professional as other sites, and so I ditched that plan and lost money in the process. And then in the end, after a lot of research, I learned about Squarespace, which is the only site I build on, and love that because I feel like I can build a beautiful site and confidently hand it off to a business owner, and they can do the things that they need to do on the website. So it was like wow. the best of both worlds. <laughs> well, your, so your there journey is an answer. so similar. Yeah, your journey sounds so similar to mine, too, until you – until you're able to find that good fit, it is just, um, it is really a lot of thought and time and money and uh, just uh, grief that goes into it. And then when you can find it, that's great. And one of the things, you know, it's so fun, Deb, talking to you. And then you guys, when you go over to her website, DebMantelDesign.com, you're just going to, you're going to know that this is the same woman you're hearing talking because that's 
that's how her website feels to you. It's just like her voice and just like her, how, how smooth you are going through this. You know, you're not rushing. You're just carrying us beautifully through this. And everything about this process of learning from you is easy and smooth flowing. When you get to her website, you'll see that too. And if that is resonating with you, um, that's like such a perfect fit. So just, that's kind of the way, and you have some, like at your website, you actually have some, oh, I'm not, I can't think of the word of it, some sample pages, what do you call them? A portfolio of um, some of the projects. A portfolio, done. thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Your portfolio is there, and you guys can see some different uh, layout designs too uh, for that. Well, we're going to take a quick little break here, come back and talk about absolute must-haves for your website and also what not to include how to design effective calls to action and three anticipated benefits of a great looking website. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marty, and we are having a great time this afternoon with our guest, Deb Mantel of DebMantelDesign.com, talking about beautiful, effective websites for women. Deb, let's go ahead and address what you absolutely have to have on your website and what not to include. And I can't even tell you, like from from um, a host uh, perspective, like for example, me as looking for a guest for my show here, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone to a website and I cannot find how to contact the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Really? You have all this stuff and you got me all the way over here and I can't find your contact information. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. I'm so passionate about this whole topic of having your website really be effective and not overwhelm people. When I was building an or- my organizing website, I thought, you know, I'm just going to visit some organizing websites and see what they look like. Mm-hmm. I could not believe how many Professional organizing websites were completely overwhelming. They were cluttered. They were scattered. (laughs) I mean, I just wanted to run away, and I thought, if someone is needing to get organized, this is not going to be where they're going to stop and shop. And so, um, yeah, less is always more, you know, to a professional organizer. But to a designer, too, I think less is more. So Mm -hmm. first, I would say your website needs to be mobile responsive. And just Mm -hmm. to clarify, that means that your website looks one way on your desktop, but if someone opens it on their iPhone, it's going to be in proportion to their screen so that Everything is easy to read, and you probably know what it's like to open an old website on your iPhone that is not mobile responsive. Everything is very small. You have to find the menu, and it's just most people will just – they'll just leave the site. They they don't have time. Yeah, they don't have time. So mobile responsive. All the sites that I design are mobile responsive. I I couldn't imagine designing a site that wasn't. 
so that's the first thing. Second is you need to provide a very clear, concise sense of who you are and what you do for them, for that potential customer or client. So why should they care? Um, You only share your story and only in certain places as it affects their needs. Um, So it needs to be very clear. Um, Donald Miller of StoryBrand, he talks about the grunt test. And he says, if a caveman were to visit your website, can he answer these three questions just by looking at it for three to five seconds? Can he answer, what do you offer? How will it make my life better? And what do I need to do to buy it or get started or book you? And Hmm. so it's it's something to think about. If someone's going to show up on your website and they have three to five seconds to look at it, do they know who you are, what you do, and how to take advantage of what you do? And so that clear, (laughs) concise sense. On my site, if you open it up, and, and we talk about above the fold. Now, we know in the newspaper and print, that would mean a newspaper, you know, above the fold before you have to mm-hmm. open it up. That would be where you want all the crucial headlines. So in your website, above the fold, if you're on a desktop, would mean before you need to start scrolling down. So right there, it says designing beautiful Squarespace websites for creative women pursuing their dreams. So that means that people are going to know what I do. They know that I design Squarespace websites, not other websites. They also know that I work with women. And sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't want to exclude anyone. But really, we do want to exclude people. We want to know who our ideal client is so that we can, um, we can't try to please everybody. And so... You know, I'm a speaker to women, so my site is going to be a site that appeals to women as opposed to men, and um, same with my design. So it's very clear what I do, and that's important for them to see right away and be able to get that snapshot in just a short amount of time. Yeah, I love that. And, again, you know, the above the fold it's really important that they don't have to scroll right down for it. And it's back to the grunt test again. If you only have three to five seconds, you can't scroll too far. So it just has mm-hmm. to be right there at the top. Yep. Right. Another thing is testimonials or third-party validation um, and available re- references if requested. So that's just important because people want to know that there are other people they could contact if they wanted to ask about you. I know as a speaker, sometimes if it's someone that found me, let's say, on your site, because I've had a number of speaking events come through womenspeakers.com. So um, there's been a few times here and there where they've wanted to talk with someone. And so you have to have those ready to, to give to them if they ask for them, but certainly to have brief testimonials that are emphatic, but, you know, not long paragraphs. People don't want to read long paragraphs in terms of testimonials. So you want to have that. You need to have your brand really clear. So your name, your logo, your tagline, um, that should be very clear that they know exactly who you are and what site they're on. You also want simple and intuitive design and navigation because, again, 
people don't want to have to work hard trying to find what they're looking for on your website. I like to design websites so that you're kind of like designing it as if you were taking someone by their hand and you were walking them through it to get them to the things they need to get to and ultimately to your end goal. And so it should be very clear to them. You don't want to have navigation that has eight or ten different pages. Um, not all of your pages need to be in your navigation. They can be down in your footer. Um, but up on the top, you want very simple navigation. Some websites, people will only have three different things. Um, but you want it to be very clear, not a lot of drop-down navigation where they're just, again, they're overwhelmed with decisions. So that's another thing. Um, clear and strong calls to action. You want them to be able to know exactly where to go or what you're, what you're asking them to do. So for me, a consult call is my clear call to action, mm -hmm. and it's on the top right of my navigation, which is kind of your prime real estate because we read left to right, and so they'll look at the logo usually, and then they'll go right over to the right. And so it's really clear that they can set up a consult call, and that's even in the navigation, that's a pretty button as opposed to just the simple text of the other items. So for them, it helps them feel like, okay, I know how to get around this site. I've been on some sites that have been beautiful, but there's so many intricacies, and it's kind of like a secret maze that I never quite know exactly where I am. <laughs> Did you know what I'm referring to? Um, I know I'm somewhere on their site. You know, I found something once, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm going down this, this long tunnel, and it's interesting and all, but I'm not sure if I'm going to ever get out of it <laughs> or how to get back to something else I really liked. So I like to have yeah. that be really simple. Um, another thing that I really encourage people to have on their site are their prices. I think mm -hmm. it's very transparent when you when you can have prices. Um I know sometimes people feel like, well, I don't want um, someone to not, you know, pursue me because of my prices. But really, if you charge a certain amount of, of money for a product or for a service, you really do yourself and, and the visitor a service if they know what that is. And now maybe there's some nuances to the pricing that you would discuss in detail on the phone. But... If you charge X amount and someone can only afford half of that, then why have them call and talk with you just to find out that they can't afford it? So I'm a big proponent of having prices on websites. Um, I have my speaking um, prices. And, in fact, one of the things that I do, and, and this can help too, is I'll say my usual speaking fees are, and I will list my different events and the different fees, um, but then I'll always have a note. I'm always willing to try to work with a group's budget if it seems like we're a great fit, because that's true. And so um, I have my usual fees, but I know that sometimes God is bringing, you know, a group to me and me to a group, and it's not a usual situation, and I want to be open to that. <laughs> so, Well, that's, that's just so important, too. And, you know, I mean, there's a big difference between somebody who charges – 
you know, let's say $1,500 is your minimum fee in, in a group that wants to give a plant. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's just helpful to have some kind of a ballpark idea before you start working with somebody. We're going to take a real quick break and come back and talk about what not to include in your website, how to design effective calls to action, three anticipated benefits of a great website, why content is still king, and also the number one thing to avoid. Don't go anywhere and buckle your seatbelt because we're going to speed this up a bit. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marty is my per minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one page or media pitch, just schedule a 15 to 60 minute session using the easy calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com to schedule your coaching session right now. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and this hour is flying by, so we are going to pick up the pace a little bit here, Miss Deb, and uh, what is something that we're not supposed to include in our website, because I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, basically, we don't want to include you, 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 um, meaning yourself, <laughs> your story, yeah. the details about everything, um, or information that's not relevant to to your potential visitor. So people don't really care necessarily about all the details of your story. Um, what they're really wanting to know is how can you help me with whatever my need is. And so we really want to only bring out um, the things that are going to help them see that because of this may be about me, I can help you. But it really is all about them and not about us. So, <laughs> I, love that. Um, I like a one, I think, a one to five ratio. If you just go down your go down your website page and count how many times you you see your own name or the word I, and then count how many times you have something about them, uh, you, mm-hmm. your us, uh, you know, yours, like that. And then if it should be one to five, that is you only one time for every five times you're talking about them. And it's just, it's just shocking how hard that is to do. Yeah. I'm thinking of this old joke I would say to my kids. I heard it somewhere and it said, enough talking about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? And so (laughs) it's a way of always bringing it back to me. Um, So, yeah, we really want it to be about them. Well, let's go ahead and talk about uh, effective call to action because this is so important. Yeah, I think it's important that we aren't afraid to offer what we know they'll benefit from. So we need to really believe in our services or our products because otherwise we can be really um, kind of passive-aggressive instead of just being bold. And um, when you go to a website, you you really do want people to kind of lead you along. And, I mean, you can make your own decisions. It's not like you're a zombie. But um, when my first CDs came out, my husband was shocked one time. We were at a basketball game, and someone asked – Um, They said, I heard you have a CD. Um, Can I buy one? And I said to them, well, how about if I give you one and you listen to it, and if you like it, you can buy it. (laughs) Now, my husband, who's a salesperson, 
almost fell over. Um, you know, I really needed to be a little more confident, and I had basis to be confident. But so I think sometimes we can be afraid. We feel like, well, we're selling ourselves, or we're selling too hard. But really, we we just want to be um, we want to be offering confidently what we know they will benefit mm-hmm. from. So we mm-hmm. want our effective, our calls to action to be clear and not vague. Uh, Donald Miller gives this example of having um, a call to action that was, why start? So I kind of understand what the person was wanting to explain. You know, what are some good reasons why you should start with us? But really, the way it f- they phrased it, it was kind of like, yeah, why should we start? It was very... Yeah. <laughs> Unclear. Um, So you want it to be very clear and not vague. It's helpful if it's in the form of a button or some really noticeable text. So maybe it's big. It can't be missed, and it will take the visitor to the next place you want them to go. A visitor should never have to wonder, "Um, so what do I do next? Um, Mm -hmm. And it should be repeated. And on every page, you can have multiple calls to action, especially on your home page, um, and you can repeat them. You'll see that throughout my website. I think it's done, you know, um, subtly and nicely, but it's because I know the main thing that they're going to need, and I'm trying to guide them along. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And you want them to be really easy, click on links. You know, they can just click. It's very clear. Um, Click, and then it takes them right to where you want them to go. So, and we want to give them some levels to test the water. So, you know, a free consult call that I offer is is one way to do that. Um, people feel like, okay, it's, there's no cost, and I can just talk and ask questions. And so, you don't want people to feel like there's an all or nothing. Uh, you know just sign on the dotted line or buy or, you know, go look for someone else. So you want to have (laughs) options for for them. Um, So those are some of the keys for effective calls to action. That's great. And what are some anticipated benefits of a great website? Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to just focus on three. The first is that first impressions matter. Visitors experience a subconscious reaction to a site before they've even read one bit of content. So their trust is greatly affected by the visual presentation of the website. And if they have a bad first impression, then your content is going to have to be really stellar to win them over if if they stay on. It takes about 50 milliseconds, which is like 0.05 seconds, for users to form an opinion about your website that determines whether they like your site wow. or not and whether they'll <laughs> stay or leave. Wow. So, you know, and I'm Amazing. kind of the same way. Like I mentioned when I would mm-hmm. go on to the cluttered sites instantly. I mean, I didn't even have to read anything. <laughs> and a study found that 90% – of negative website feedback was design-related. So we really do want them to have a great first impression. Second, again, we talked about this a little bit, but simple, clear layout that will help the user feel confident and comfortable and more likely to stay on your site. 
so that they know exactly how to find what they need from the navigation to buttons to links to calls to action. They shouldn't have to work or think hard to get around your site. So you want it to be simple and clear. With consistent and simple layout and styles, that's also helpful so that you, you don't have like this hodgepodge of fonts and colors and styles, which can be it just kind of make you feel a little stressed out. So anything you can do to minimize confusion or doubt on the part of the user will mm -hmm. make their experience more positive and productive. Cool. And then the third thing is visiting your site should be like them meeting you. You want visitors to experience what it would be like to meet you, to talk with you, to work with you. Is the experience calming? Is it jarring? Is it confusing, scattered, loud, unattractive? Or is it peaceful, uh, you know, lovely, comfortable? So you really want to help them understand who you are and what you represent through their experience on your site. <laughs> I love that, but I have to tell you that, uh, like for me, when you meet me in person, I'm, you know, juggling a lot of balls, uh, flying really fast, and I'm, it's, listening to me is like listening to, you know, drinking out of a fire hydrant, because that's just kind of how I talk and how much I, you know, present really fast, you know, just kind of, so when you go to my site, you also have that feel, and I just want to encourage oh, you guys, mm -hmm. that's how it should be. It should mm -hmm. be a match to your personality. And it's like, um, like when people meet me, they always say, I already know you. You know, it's like I know mm -hmm. you. Uh, and that's how it should feel to them. So, yes, beautiful, effective, uh, peaceful in its own way, but you mm -hmm. and however you are. Yeah. Right, and it and it does depend on what your what your website is about. So you have a website that's very vibrant. The ministry is vibrant, and what you offer is vibrant. And there's all kinds of resources, and so you experience right. that when you're on your site, and that's like you said, that's <laughs> right. what you should experience. But but it's not the negative type of you know this is jarring this stressful. is right. stressful <laughs> that type of thing no not at all right um, yeah but you do want it yeah. to represent who you are yeah yeah and I just love that and I love that about I love that about you Deb is that it's it's a perfect flow and I know that when you work with people that's what you're going for nobody's I, I love this about websites and about music and about everything nobody does it just the same. You know, when mm -hmm. we listen to you sing, uh, it is different from anybody else we listen to. Yeah, some similar mm -hmm. things, but your own unique voice. And that's how your website should feel, you guys, completely you. Which is why, yes. you know, you've had it happen. I've had it happen. A lot of you listening have had it happen where somebody builds you a website and they didn't get it. They did not capture it at all. And it's like looking mm -hmm. at a really horrible portrait of yourself. It's like, I don't think that's going on the wall. <laughs> Right, exactly. One of the sites that I um, built in this past year, um, just their color preference, et cetera, was not my, it wasn't what I have on my website, so it's not what I would have picked for mine, but it totally represents 
her and she's she's a professional storyteller for children and it totally represents her and so in that way it is just so perfect and beautiful for her even though I mean if I built every website like mine that would be really boring Um, so yeah you definitely want want it to represent your client when you work with people on, on the website design, do you work with the wordsmithing as well, too? I know we're going to talk right now about, you know, content is king and wow with your words and all that. Do you help with that part, or is that up to the website owner? Yeah, so um, I end up helping a lot with that because I find that that comes very naturally to me, and for a lot of people, it doesn't. And Great. so um, I'm very good at placement of content, um, you know, in school, writing papers, those types of things, having things be very clear. Um, But even for my own website and for some of my clients' websites, sometimes I will have one of my dear friends who's a professional copywriter, um, she, we will hire her to go through things so that she is coming at it and she can catch any little things or make some recommendations. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely recommend that they have someone helping them. That's one of the things on this section on content, um, to use a good copywriter if they need to, at least for editing. Um, For a lot of website designers, they will take exactly what you send them and they will copy and paste it and they will put it on. And, And in a sense, that's fine because that's, you know, they haven't been hired to do other things. I can't do that if I'm going to have a website go live. Um, Yeah, so, you know, it it will get done um, one way or another. So, Well, it was kind of funny because just today I received this beautiful email. Um, They'd worked hard to make it look absolutely professional. It captured my attention for sure. I read the email, you know, pretty much read it, and then I clicked on the link, went over, and in the first sentence there was a typo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you worked so hard to get mm-hmm. it so good. And then you just right in your first sentence said, but we didn't have it edited. <laughs> so, you know, and yeah. I'm guilty of this too. I mean, life is flying pretty fast, you know, and uh, sometimes you just stick it out there and, and uh, somebody catches it for me or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, editing is huge. Editing is huge. Yeah, because unfortunately, if, if it's incorrect grammar or poor spelling, it does decrease trust and confidence in the person, especially if they're a speaker or a writer, because right. you, want, you want to feel confident that they're going to communicate well, that they know how to put sentences together. And um, so any type of coaching or teaching or leading um, position, generally, you really want to experience that they can communicate well using correct grammar and spelling. So that's very important. And just simple language um, in a way they can understand. We don't want to present. Usually we know a lot more about our, our area of expertise, but we need to bring it down, and I don't mean dumb it down, I just mean we need to just present what's going to be helpful in very simple ways. We don't need to confuse um, and complicate things. I know when I was writing my first book, um, I used the Reader's Digest uh, philosophy. So Reader's Mm -hmm. Digest was the number one 
magazines for years and years and years, and it's now, you know, been taken over by many other things. But um, Mm -hmm. I love their philosophy was to write at a fourth grade level. And there's actually um, tools online where you can put your writing through a test and determine, you know, is this requiring a college level of reading? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. honestly, a lot of people are reading like uh, they're reading at the doctor's office while they're waiting for something as they're watching their children or whatever. I mean, they, they really don't have time to, uh, on a website, they don't have time to dive deep like they would into, a, you know, a doctoral degree. So you right. just have to really simplify and, and put it at a level where they can enjoy reading your content instead of feeling like they're slogging through it. We're just about at the end of our time here, and I don't want to miss this last point. There's one thing that we need to avoid so we can move fast forward. What is that? That's perfectionism. <laughs> I you. like to say that <laughs> done is better than none and because you will always be tweaking and updating your site. That's just the way it is. And so that's another reason why you don't want to spend too much time or money you know, at the beginning because you're going to be growing and you're going to be needing to tweak and needing to change and update. And if you spend too much time and money on it, you'll be emotionally attached. You won't want to change anything. So done is better than none. You'll always be tweaking and updating. Also, don't compare to other people. Don't compare your beginnings and your new ministry or your fledgling business with someone who has been doing this 10 years and has really reached, you know, that <laughs> pinnacle of success. Right. Um, there's, you know, they, they all started where you are. They started at the beginning. Right. So don't compare to other people's perfect websites. Mm. They're not perfect anyway. And don't try to be someone or something you aren't. Be yourself because that's what you're good at doing. That's what you do naturally. And so you want to have a website that reflects who you are, a growing, changing, blossoming person, but who you are in reality. And people can connect to that. They usually can tell if someone's trying to be something that they aren't. And so they can relate to imperfection and just real people. And so I just like to (laughs) encourage women that they can do this. They can start with the most important stuff and get a website up that reflects their heart and who they are, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I remember after the four-year process of having my first book, I wrote my first book and then had it published by St. Martin's Press in New York, and then it came out, and it was such a long process that they had put it through so many editings and revisions and all this kind of thing, and went to one of my very first book signings, and someone had heard me on the radio the day before, and she came out, and she bought, she brought the book with. She had bought the book ahead of time, brought the book with for me to sign it. She said, I just loved your book. There was a page, a typo on page, I think 198 or something like that. But other than that, it was so good. <laughs> and I just thought, really? <laughs> right. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but, you know, I think we just kind of have to get over it. You know, just a little get over right. it. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Deb, this hour has been so much fun. Thank you for being here. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. And you guys want to just go right over and check out Deb's website at Deb 
MantelDesign.com. Mantel is M-A-N-T-E-L Design.com. And uh, you can link to her other stuff from there or find her over at WomenSpeakers.com as well. And uh, thank you so much for being here, you guys. Can't have a show without you. And always so fun that so many of you show up that we land on the front page of Blog Talk Radio and uh, love to be Love to be there, and thank you. That's all because you come live on Wednesday afternoons, and thank you to those of you who listen later and to those of you who carry us and uh, uh, carry the syndicates and all that. And so grateful. If you want to get more involved with that, you can reach out to me at any time at marnie.com, and otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.